When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Uh. Meh. Healing. So, uh, Glad got its panties in a bunch this week after the New York Times hired an anti-LGBTQ plus columnist, David French, who was a former National Review editor, who was once also an attorney. Conservative outlet, National Review. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, And he was once an attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, So, the New York Times hired this guy to be a columnist. Uh, he has a track record of being uh, anti-gay. Glad also notes that he joins the Times after the paper ended its relationship with acclaimed trans writer Jenny Boylan last year. And the Times recently brought on another anti-LGBTQ plus columnist, Pamela Paul. What is um, that? I mean, I I, my, I don't know. What is that? I'm curious what that means. Like yeah. what anti anti-LGBTQ means so, to so this like look so that that's obviously the crux of the story is basically yeah. the you know the glad released the statement I respect that any advocacy group like glad is going to have to like this is your yeah. this is your bread and butter advocacy groups have to say things like this all the time mm-hmm. so I don't uh, begrudge them this I don't think I agree I, I think the, the best point they make is that the New York Times in all its power and 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 reach should have a trans uh, columnist who can speak to the movement because it's an important one yeah. um, right now and in general, of course. So I'm uh, that's, I think, a perfectly fair point. The fact that they the Times cannot hire anyone who has, has at any point been anti-LGBTQ is, is kind of farcical to me. Like, I find also, that contention, like, absurd. But that's what I'm thinking, like, is this guy like has he marched in protests against the like queer or queer so so here's the nuance so yeah Yeah. so obviously this guy sounds like he clearly worked for um some pretty conservative uh organizations alliance defending freedom i don't know a lot about but they sounds like an american family association offshoot like whenever you hear freedom it's never it's never a good thing um but French actually praised the Respect for Marriage Act, which, as you guys recall, was the bill that recently legalized gay and interracial marriage. Um, he he said the act, quote, doesn't solve every issue in America's culture war, much less every issue related to marriage. But it's a bipartisan step in the right direction. Uh, it sounds like he was particularly pleased with the religious freedom protections. And like to me, that's like. You know, I, I don't agree with him. I I obviously support the bill, and I would like him to support it. But like, there there just comes a point where I feel like we're just bullying people into always agreeing <laughs> yes. with us, no always matter agreeing. What. Well, and that's the yes. thing. There is this. I found this recently, which I I mean, 
you know, I haven't worked in journalism my entire life, but for the majority of my professional life, I, I would say I have. And yeah. I, I, one of the things that blows me away is that people fundamentally don't, do not, I'm using a Brent term. I know, I was just going to say. not understand the difference between journalist, journalism, and columnists who are doing opinion pieces. And they, they morph the opinion pieces because oftentimes there are very, incendiary headlines that are used for clickbait every organization does it yeah. i don't like it but they do it and new york times included and use headlines to grab the attention of an opinion piece that then is clearly marked an opinion piece and people get outraged by it because they think it's yeah. news from the new york times and it's right not. this it's person not. I don't agree with this politics, but I wouldn't agree with half the conservative people who are writing columns. I don't agree with a lot of the liberal politics either. Well, on, and, but the on, thing the is, is, like there is there is a need for uh, a need to disagree. I think in a lot of ways, it's a good thing, to an allowance to disagree, like allowance to disagree. And this person isn't exclusively writing on LGBTQIA plus issues. They are not exclusively writing about yeah, queer right. experience or their their aversion ad, ad, to it. They are literally a conservative columnist, and it's like. It kind of reminds me of like, like if you go to the Sunday shows, like the Meet the Press or like the mm -hmm. any of the news shows, it's like, I don't want to live in a world where there isn't an opposing view because I want something to be angry at. I want something to be like, you're wrong. And you also sharpen your arguments yes. if you listen to the other side. Yeah. Um, but so, but I do still want to delve into one, one more nuance to this. There was, uh, I was listening to, a Supreme, I was at the gym listening to a Supreme Court uh, argument recently, <laughs> as I want to do. Uh, and they, there was an interesting discussion where I wanted to have, I wanted to talk about the odiousness of being anti-gay versus racist. And it came up at the court where it's virtually universally accepted that being racist is reprehensible. Uh, uh, obviously, we know racist exists, but like no one in the world except for crazy KKK neo-Nazis say they're racist because yeah. everyone knows it's, it's wrong to be racist. Great. But there is still a contingent of people that say, well, you should you should it should be respected when someone is anti-gay like it's a di it's a different category they believe this this again this came up at the court it's sort of a different category and that there's more tolerance for being anti-gay than there is for being a racist mm. and i agree with that I I, I, I I yeah i agree with it as well but it's interesting because you're like well technically it really sh i shouldn't agree with i mean i really shouldn't agree with that like i mean well, i agree that that is true that that does exist i don't agree yeah. that it's right i i you know historically even with in in the times of slavery, you know, uh, racist sort of um, supporters of slavery would use biblical terms to validate the need for slavery or the need for separation yeah. of races. Yeah, they would turn to the Bible to sort of make their abhorrent excuse for why this should exist in our world. And the same thing is happening today in for LGBTQ cases that yeah. these people are uh, standing their ground in opposition to queer issues or Roe v. Wade or whatever it is based on the Bible when mm -hmm. that shouldn't have a place in civil discussion, in my opinion, that the yeah. Bible should not be a part of the discussion for why you are against taking the rights of women, queer people, yeah. et cetera. So I, 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 I think it's wrong fundamentally 
to because there and there's no other opposition to to gay marriage or queer issues that isn't based on religion. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Much. Yeah, pretty, it basically doesn't. And exist, to me, right? that is the thing that people have used for hundreds of years in order yeah. to oppress certain oppress people. others. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do think that hopefully we'll get to a place where the court will do its job and say, well, your religious point doesn't actually come into play here. <laughs> like, yeah, let's right. talk about rights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm also just like, I do feel like at this point, being racist is the scarier thing. Like, it's the thing that people want to, it feels like it's like the the kiss of death, you know, the moment you mm-hmm. won in, like now, these days, the moment anybody shows it, like, that's that's the sort of the basis of the joke when even before, I, I forget if it was on this episode or another one where you said urban, and I said, how dare you? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I've, yeah, like right, blanching right. at the term urban, where it's like, it's not it's not racist to say urban, right, but everyone's right. gotten so touchy about it. Again, like, understand for the right reasons, but the overcorrection is, yeah. you know, is can be, you know, silly at a, at a certain point. But with homophobia, I do feel I do feel like it's it's equally as um, dangerous according to like the thought police yeah yeah and also i mean we should argue we should say that like you know racism and and homophobia and ignorance towards queer people sometimes go hand in hand oftentimes with of course about black trans women being murdered yeah Yeah, we're talking about i mean there are so many and so does you know misogyny and sexism and all all religious you know discrimination there's all kinds of things that play into why people are ignorant <laughs> and it's never yeah. just like it's not always black and white there's a lot of gray area so here's just, a question are you guys elliot allen are you going to burn your sunday copy of the new york times <laughs> i was just gonna say like the 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 irony here is that this guy was like yeah bring on the uh bring on the respect for marriage act like glad is freaking out and it's like this guy is literally literally praising like the thing that just codified gay marriage into law yeah. so he yeah. can't, so basically the answer is like he can't be the like the it can't be that the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, right. they didn't hire like extremists yeah. to come on and write for the New York Times. Yeah. This is literally yeah. a person who has had a very valuable career writing for 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 publications that are that are you know reliable publications. Although I don't agree with National Review, yeah. it is a legitimate historical yeah. publication. Yeah. Like he has a he has a resume. So you know what, Glad? You know what? You're making it worse. <laughs> We never say that. I love it. I know. We never say that. Let's bring it back. Not even joking. We are here today with just an actor, writer, performer. I mean, a spiritualist. I would say, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Well, you do tarot reading, so there's there's a bit. Yeah. There you go. In there, yes. (laughs) Rivka Reyes. Hello, Rivka. Hi, how are y'all? I'm Good. obsessed with you tarot readings. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it's a fun party move, for real. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I recently started just um, looking at this Instagram that's like being queer in LA and seeing if there are like cool events happening and just DMing yeah. the hosts being like, you want a tarot reader at the party? That's a hot lesbian. Oh, that's and great. They <laughs> never don't say no. Uh, <laughs> how did you get into that? Like, how does one get into tarot reading? Tarot, not being a hot lesbian. Yes. I well, mean, hot lesbian I mean, too. Hot lesbian too. <laughs> I mean, both kind of the same. Um, yeah. I, I, I was a kid. I was a very like witchy child. I was very mm-hmm. into Matilda. I was into magic tricks um, hmm. and I was into all things um, 
crystals. My mom is a jewelry designer. So she uh, had this book that was called the crystal Bible. And it tells you what all the different properties and meanings and body parts that every crystal is good for. Um, Yeah. So she was kind of witchy in in her, um, you know, uh, parenting with me because she was yeah. introducing me to all that stuff and my first like foray into like real metaphysical shit was I mean they would always my parents would always tell me that I would talk to ghosts when oh, I was little oh my god I love that yeah oh, Elliot's so scared. Elliot's scared <laughs> <laughs> um and then I started getting into like Ouija boards like Wait, I have do you very, remember very... do you remember talking to ghosts at all do you remember these like experiences did you have like imaginary friends like I didn't think they were ghosts. I just thought, yeah. oh, like this uh, indigenous native chief is standing in the library and I'm just having a huh. chat with him. Wow. Like, like the kid wow. fence. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I see dead people. Yeah. yeah. He's like, let's go play with my dad's gun. And then the kid turns around. No, don't go there, Brent. My God. <laughs> Jesus. My God. I was talking what? about the Bruce like, Willis. Like one of the most distinct ghost. scenes in the no, movie. It's not. The most distinct scene is when Bruce Willis realizes he's dead. Oh, don't give it away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it would always be like, I'd be like, oh, mom, come meet my friend. And she'd be like, "Mm, that's a statue. (laughs) Like, I guess the statue, uh, like, was of, like, an indigenous chief. Uh And, like, but we were having a full conversation. He was talking to me. Um, Remember, like, what? Like, what conversations would you have? Oh, just like chill vibes. Like, you know, what are you reading? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were like, you how to dumb it down for a young kid. Yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. streaming these days, girl? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Um, and then uh, I got into Ouija boards around like 10 years old. And that was around the time Oof. I started acting. And, yeah. you know, we, we had a Ouija board on set um, for school of rock and we would like go into this like dark classroom oh, like, oh that's fun did you foreshadow the white lotus haunted. with mike white Is that, that... <laughs> no i wish no? i could but um <laughs> i could have I, I could i swear though like when i was in the ouija board territory like i could hear like a faint like oh the theme <laughs> song. I, I was gonna say i hoped you heard like jennifer coolidge be like the gays are trying to murder me <laughs> you've got this um i, I, I love her i love the rena- the renaissance of jennifer coolidge that we're Same. having right now Same. Just, For it's real. an honor to it's a privilege to bear witness to that yeah well it's, um, it's so cool that you were in school of rock because that is like one of the movies that i think it's just it's just so good. It's just such a good movie. What was that like as a kid getting cat? I mean, were you acting before that? Like how what what a shift was no. that? It was wild. I mean, I had never acted. I was a pretty quiet kid at school. Like my only friends were blood ghosts. relatives. That's and ghosts. Yeah, right. yeah, ghosts. <laughs> my guitar teacher and then like my siblings and cousins. Um, <laughs> I come from like a large Filipino family and you know, I'm also the oldest cousin. So all my friends were like, either like, yeah, uh, ghosts on the other side, um, adults or like kids that were like yeah. wow. much younger than me. And um, yeah, I was, I was very soft-spoken in school, um, but I was like a classical guitar player and I was a nerd and, you know, mm. all the other kids were like very much into like sports. And I was like, no. Um, and then- mean. 
<laughs> yeah. And then um, my guitar teacher passed along the uh, the casting uh, information for School of Rock. And, you know, I had been on this NPR show about um, fourth grade, like uh, in, they featured kids who were classically uh, trained musicians who were gifted. And, you know, we all flew out to Miami and like performed our like best piece. And, oh my God. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. And, and I was on that show at nine. I was, I think maybe the youngest girl they had ever had on the show. And oh. um, you were know, you considered a prodigy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cool. Virtuoso even. Oh, wow. Um, but they actually found me and Robert Tsai who played Lawrence, the piano player from that show. The show's mm. called From the Top. I think there's like archival footage of my performance on that show um, oh. somewhere, but I was charming in my little interview that they did after two and the casting from School of Rock heard it and liked it. And they were like, oh, like, let's bring her in. Um, and so they had me read sides, they had me play guitar and then I didn't hear anything back for like a month, but then they called me back and they were like, hey, so, you know, the role that the roles that I had read for Sideswise were like the lead guitarist boy character and then Miranda Cosgrove's character. Mm. And they were like, so those roles have been filled, but we just want to see you come in and play again, but can you play rock? Because I had just like played classical for my audition. And I like, <laughs> they had at Limited too, these like little hair extension, um, hair type things. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Um, and so my mom put a bunch of those in my hair and like they bought me this little electric guitar and I came in and I played um, uh, uh, Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz for my- Oh my school. God, that's and, sexy. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. And I just like played and sang and, you know, it was, it was no biggie to me at the time. I didn't know, like it was kind of just like, Untitled Jack Black project was yeah. like you know yeah. what I was you know Joan Cusack for. was involved because that's who I would have freaked out about Jack Black whatever but Joan well Joan Cusack is she was my neighbor like oh, she, wow. I'm from Chicago yeah. and she lived like around the corner from us so on the ta at the table read when I saw her walk in me and my mom were like Joan <laughs> from Whole Foods uh, yeah, yeah, right. she has Joan such a fun Hall shop Reed. in Chicago that is like. It's, it's so cute. It's like the most random things. It's all jokey shit. It's just stuff you put in your bathroom, basically. And I love it. Yes. What's oh, it it's called? called Judy Maxwell. Yeah. Oh, how It's fun right is by that? Second City and Zanies in Chicago. No fun. Oh, are, they, no. are they are the Cusacks from Chicago or Michigan? Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 But that's so but, cool. Yeah, it was great. And and it was my first time in front of a camera. Um, but the second I was on set, I was like, oh, yeah. not to be crazy, but I was like, this is where I belong. <laughs> so wait, so what was, it, what was it like to be a child actor? What was it like to, you know, to not be in school, to, to, to have all of these people fawning over you? What was that like? <laughs> yeah, the... the the not being in school of it all was wild because we're making a movie that takes place at school. Yeah, um, right. And, and we are, we did have like onset tutoring because we were filming during right. like when school would be happening. So right. we would like go to real class and then we would go to the class set. Yeah, um, and right. our teachers were all so hot. Like, I mean, we had <laughs> these three like hot girl teachers, um, Iris, Amanda and Missy. Uh, my teacher was Amanda and she was in this like bluegrass uh, punk band called oh, Uncle cool. Fucker and All she right. played the fiddle Whoa. and I just remember seeing her play fiddle and being like hmm <laughs> yeah there we maybe I am gay yeah 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 fiddle right. can be yeah. hot 
the fiddle yeah, well, the sure. other thing was that we were filming in new york and we got to go just see a bunch of shows while we were out there so we saw like aida because adam pascal was doing aida as we were filming school of rock and he was like going from set to broadway which i thought was cool um didn't know you could do that and i also when i was a kid didn't understand that like people who are on broadway do the show every day <laughs> like yeah. it's not just like yeah you know, tonight. and When you're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just when I was there. Um, but we got to see him do that. And like, we also went to go see, so there's this band called Betty. And mm. it's these women um, who wrote the original theme song for the L word. Mm. it's like it's it's such a it's like their worst song is the theme song for the l word but all their other <laughs> sure. music is pretty good yeah well um, they probably bought houses but, with that song so yeah. you know there you go <laughs> for real yeah. um i think they did all the music supervision for the l word too oh, nice. so they're they're really cool girls but like we i uh, we didn't know what we were walking into they like had this like sh uh it was like a musical with all their songs in it and like there was you know a narrative to it that i don't really yeah. remember but i do yeah. remember seeing girls play music and going Huh. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all, all the feelings, these, like, stirring up all these feelings. Yeah. yeah. These little gay moments, like while I was also experiencing becoming a, a child actor, like right. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. a lot. Like, it well, you was know, a lot. and I, I, when I'm you also... said, like, you know, people fawning over me and stuff, like, I, I, at, when I was a kid, I didn't really react well to that. Like, I, I won't say like, I was like, uh, against it. Like, I, mm -hmm. but I just didn't believe it because yeah. I was bullied so much, like as a kid in school, I was like mm -hmm. the weird kid. Like I was definitely yeah. the one who like was only friends with my sisters and ghosts. So <laughs> right. like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, I would like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kids would be really mean. Even after the movie, they were even meaner, actually. Really? Really? Oh, I have, my, oh, yes. I have we, no they doubt transferred, about that. Yeah, yeah, my parents transferred me to a different school where the kids were nicer, yeah. um, which was nice. It was like private school. I yeah. went from like a Chicago public school to a private school. The public yeah. school kids in Chicago, including myself, were like feral. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, not but surprised like, to, I'm not surprised to hear that, though, because like, I like kids can be cruel. And then when you, I mean, how many kids get to be in movies? So like, they're definitely going to cut you down that you a got to skip school for like yeah. 10 months or whatever. Yeah. And then B you got a lot of money and you got to be in this movie with a famous, with famous people. I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah. yeah I mean, I feel that like was a like hit. A it was legitimately right, a hit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there were kids that did, you know, at that school that did see School of Rock and they were like, that was really cool. Like, I'm so proud of you. But like great. the majority, the majority of the kids yeah. were like, oh, like Lil Romeo wasn't in that movie. So are you really famous anyway? <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right. <laughs> did you stay uh, on the path after that? Yeah, what was uh, it like? Because you wrote a little bit about it in that yeah. article that was fantastic. The Confessions of an Obsolete Thank Child Thank you. The world is wildly small. I actually just got a DM from my editor on that article. She was at the event that I was reading tarot at yesterday. I gave her a reading. Had no idea because we had oh only because it was during the pandemic. We were only interfacing via email, yeah, and like phone yeah. calls, yeah. and oh, so I, funny. you know. But she was like, "I just realized that like I was editing that article for you," and I was like, "What? Oh my god! The world is so small." Wait, by the way, shouldn't uh, the tarot cards have told you that? Like, isn't that how they work? <laughs> <laughs> Brent being an asshole. What? what? <laughs> I mean, maybe they did. Yeah, um, right, right. But no, it's it's wild. I did like for 
for you no, know, I, I like, I was just like, that's crazy. That's like, it's so cyclical because I did write that article about three years ago, like in, yeah, early 2020. Oh, wow. I wrote it and then it went public in like March of 2020, right after the pandemic started. So mm. it's just this like weird moment where the last three years for me has been such a wild ride. But mm. um, yeah, seeing her was wild and then putting the connection together was crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, shout out to Stephanie. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, uh what was yeah what was the process like after school of rock like how what direction oh yeah so we uh went back to chicago you know went back to regular life for like a couple months and then um uh, press and you know yeah going to festivals and going all over like i mean i was basically for sixth grade and seventh grade back and forth between new york chicago la I went mm-hmm. to Toronto Film Festival when I was 11, which is the crazy, it's like, what? Like, you know, like some yeah, of the- it's unusual. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's not normal. Like it's it's not a normal thing to happen <clears throat> to a like poor child from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, I went to Japan like for a week to premiere the film there and like got to like go, you know, eat Kobe beef and lobster with Jack Black and Mike White. Like, that's crazy. Nobody has this experience except for me and the other other kids and parents that, like, got to go on that trip. Right. And and then, you know, I I had an agent after the film. Like, I signed with this agency and started auditioning in Chicago for stuff. But I was auditioning for a lot of Nickelodeon and Disney stuff and very quickly realized that, like, I was not what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Just based on like the way I looked and and you know, I was pretty I, I am pretty tall um for a girl. Um, so I'm not like other girls. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, uh, I was too tall like to, you know, have best friend chemistry with Miley or something yeah, right, or any right, of those right. you know, Disney girlies. So I wasn't booking anything and I kind of was just like to my mom, I was just like, you know, I'm okay if we like don't do this anymore. Like I'm doing, mm. you know, fine. I had started doing musicals at school and I yeah. was really happy doing that. Um, yeah. And and all of the bitterness um, for, was coming from my mom and not so mm. much from me but I was being made to feel like I should be bitter too. So I was just like, I don't really want to be, I kind of want to just do life and like see yeah. where it takes me. Yeah. But did- drugs and alcohol kind of came into the chat in high school. And sure. then I started being like, wait, no, that is fucked up. Like, why didn't Disney want me? And like, yeah. you know, and then the eating disorders and the, all of the isms like started coming in and, you know, yeah. by the time I was, a, you know, sophomore in college, I was going to theater school in Chicago and I was also starting to do comedy at that time, doing improv at Second City and IO and, you know, the, the men in those institutions are really fucking gross and, yeah. you know, yes. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Please. But, you know, I, I just got really deep into the pit of the, in the pattern of what a child star does when they right. don't. Um, get like yeah. instantly when they don't famous yeah. Yeah. And the expectations and are enormous yeah and stuff and fell into that trap of like you know internalizing all of that shit on myself and making it all about me when it really had nothing to do with me whatsoever yeah mm-hmm. um but where did being queer like factor into that or like uh, did it at all or or was that like was that a uh, more uh, a development I when mean, you were older 
No, I came out when I was in high school. I mean, I, I was having like, I was having lesbian sex before I was having, um, not lesbian, but uh, yeah. <laughs> like, nice. you know, yeah, I mean, noise. It, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. My girlfriend is, um, she's, she's never been with a guy. She's like a lesbian, but yeah. she like, she always tells people like, he's like, Rivka was gay in high school. Yeah. Oh right. God. Right. So was Alan. Yeah. He was like, he was like yeah. an early bloomer and was, yeah. Yeah, all yeah. the time. And, hey, if you know, if, if you know, know what's good and you're good at it, you don't got to do nothing else. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Alan. What if we're not good at it? What if I'm not good at it? Then, then what anything. do I do? <laughs> and I like I went to prom with a girl, and like that oh. that was like unheard of in 2010. You know, like when yeah. that was happening, that was like pretty revolutionary. And I, I guess I didn't see how big of a deal it was. And did you wear chucks know, though? My... Did you wear like Converse chucks to prom? Because that's what I imagine Doc Martens, not to prom. No, I I was the girl. Um, it was the girl one in, in my relationship in high school um, yeah. of the two of us. <laughs> um, but, you know, actually my date also wore a dress, which was pretty Ooh. revolutionary for me. I'd never seen her in anything but Dickies. Um, so oh, it was nice. It was a nice. You guys remember date. when people, they, they would have a thing where someone would have to wear a duct tape outfit to prom? Like that was like an actual thing that people did. No one remember. No, I don't yeah. think so. I think no. duct tape. I think I think duct tape like spot like the brand that makes it like sponsors it. Like you make like an outfit out of a duct tape and you'll get something. I don't know what it is, but it's a whole thing. It's like a midwife. It's probably oh. duct tape that you get. Yeah, right. <laughs> you probably get some lifetime yeah. supply. I'm yeah. not duct tape. particularly interested in that. I'm sure someone will comment on the Instagram being like, "Yeah, that happened to me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see the pics. Um, yeah, right, uh, yeah, the, right. du du the duct tape prom dress. Yeah. Um, no, my it was a horrible like electric blue um like bubble dress. If mm. you know, yeah. Do you know what I mean by bubble dress? Yes. That was the yes, thing. I do. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Where it would like mm -hmm. scoop in in the below. Yeah, those were those were yeah. very yeah. hip in the aughts. Yeah, Alan still yeah. wears those all the yes, time. Yes, I do. I actually yeah. do wear them. And my drag outfits, I do have a lot of circle hoopies. That's right. Yes. That's right. I love that. A circle yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, being but oh, being ahead, queer, like it, in that formative period of my life, I mean, I was, I don't know, I, I was always the girl in college who would like make out with the very conservative uh, straight girls and mm -hmm. and they would have like crises and I would just like kind of watch <laughs> the explosion from the sidelines. Oh my God. I was very messy. You were the agent of college. chaos. Yeah. It was. That's kind of cool, though. Lesbian chaos. I love it. I love that. Yeah, but it's nice now because, like, I've I've definitely moved very far away from that and like gotten sober so much that like I don't want to do comedy anymore. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's really funny? gotten sober. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I I you know I'm sober and like I'm I, I go to the gym like every day and like, yeah I, you know, take <laughs> yeah. care of myself and i love myself right. so much and i'm like right. i don't have any there's no humor in the world <laughs> left there's no humor left well, yeah, like, what are you working on now like what because yeah, yeah. i know you yeah. have music but you also have like i love on your profile you call yourself a <clears throat> witch with like a jew witch it's like such a yeah. i mean i love that be witchy own that i am yeah um well i you do... made a movie right I did. I recently made a short film. Uh, it's called Gianna, and I'm I'm kind of really loving horror comedy as a genre. Yeah, um, me too. I think the like ugliest parts of life are actually pretty hilarious, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, we all have that voice that tells us we ain't shit. And I That's was like, what me. if yeah. that yeah. voice was like a hot girl, like Mimi, <laughs> with 
cute little pink devil horns. And, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so <laughs> in Gianna, I'm playing like both characters. I'm playing like the main girl, and then I'm also playing the evil saboteur. And we have Margaret Cho in it oh. and Elizabeth Faith Ludlow. So it's an all like queer women of color cast, which is cool. pretty Great. amazing. And we we wrapped in um, early December. So we're just in the like post phase awesome. now and nice. hoping to have it done um, and festival ready uh, yeah. by February. That's great. That's, great. that's wonderful. Yeah. It's my first time writing something and like making it that's narrative and not like a music video. So mm. I feel really good about it. I think it's a really good representation of like who I am and my style and my, you know, my writing and my performance style. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, <laughs> I'm kind of leaning into this thing of like, um, you know, and like in musicals when the like lead actress is like about to sing her song and the way she kind of like positions herself, like that's my essence. That's great. <laughs> that's my, yeah, my essence. That's my gender. Then you're gonna have uh, a good 2023. Lupone age. Yeah. Yes, it's like that Patty Lupone moment before yes. is my yes. gender. <laughs> Yeah, well, totally. we'll be watching. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here, Rifka. It was a blast. Yeah, where can oh people gosh. find you on the internet? Like, where can they follow all the amazing things you're doing? Oh, all over. Um, my Instagram and TikTok are at Rivka.reyes. And then my Twitter is just Rivka Reyes, no dot. Um, and that's literally it. And in the meantime, like Gianna's coming. And then uh, my a feature that I'm in called Onyx, the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls is actually premiering at Sundance in a couple of weeks. So oh, if you happen to be in wow. Park City, come check <laughs> yeah, us right. out. It's That's in the amazing. midnight section. Yeah, oh, I'm really excited. It's another well, horror comedy. Um, it's very fun. I play a non-binary witch in it. So yes well thank you so much for being thanks, here yeah, thanks Rivka. thanks for having me and another thing do you guys play card games uh the answer is no <laughs> i do not it's over <laughs> i do not play card games i think as a kid i remember playing card games i definitely remember playing cards with like my dad and stuff yeah. i know we had a set of of old maid I believe mm. um, Uno. I never. I, we uh, had Uno. Uno. We yeah, we had Uno a lot. I loved yeah. Uno. That's so old. Maid. What was old? Maid. I always thought that was I an don't actual remember. card. It's maid. funny you say that because I don't remember now. And I, I had that thought earlier today of like, what was old? Maid. I like, remember the set picture. of cards that were like old. Maid. Yeah. It, no, it was a set of cards, and if you got the old maid, you were a a, a queer or something. I, I don't remember exactly <laughs> how it went, but. Uh, but I do remember thinking the old maid was actually kind of adorable yeah. on the set that I had. Um, but it looked very outdated term. How yeah. dare they? I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't play cards anymore, I should say. I, I, I can't remember the last time I actually played yeah. cards. But I remember I have a very fond, fond, fond <laughs> memories of we would go visit my my mom's parents, my grandma, my grandpa, my mom's side. And my grandpa was so sweet. My grandma was a bitch yeah but right. she would she would want to play on saturday night she'd want to play cards and we'd play like kind of like kid poker you know what i mean yeah, and we'd watch, yeah. We'd watch snl and we'd make root beer floats. oh that's actually cute. So we're drinking oh, beer elliot hates root beer floats i love really? i love root beer floats but we're playing <laughs> we're playing it you know cards and stuff and like kid poker and it, it was oh that's it's fun. a fond memory from my childhood that like i and i remember watching like classic snl episodes from like the early oh. 90s 
with my grandma. It's just, it's, I love that. So that I played Go Fish with my grandma. And oh, I, well, we had Go Fish too. Yeah, go I fish. did love Go Fish, I but I don't remember how to game. play it. All I know yeah. is like, I do poker. I play poker yes. um, occasionally. Yeah, poker here. I mean, I yeah. haven't been in years, but there's that. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. gay poker league. And to this day, I still, I still can't fully understand the game. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, have a right. better idea when I have a good hand, but yeah. even so I'm just like, I'll often just sort of flip my cards when, when we get to that point. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I give very, uh, uh, indifferent, ambiguous eyes where it's like, either I have no idea, like nobody yeah. could know, but I'm just like, Oh yeah, this could either be a big failure or <laughs> yeah. it's so interesting. Gay poker in Los Angeles, because like, it is very much like a queer industry sort of thing, not industry necessarily, but it kind of is yeah. like East side queer thing. But what I love about it is I don't go as much anymore because of life and stuff. But like some of my best friends, I think, I mean, I've known you guys for years, but like some good friends of mine, I've gotten through gay poker, gay poker. in Los Angeles. Yeah. My friend Mason, my friend Francisco, like like some good, good friends that yeah, I, I love it. contact regularly that I that are in my life. It's I kind of love that. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice bonding thing. We're not every and all. it's a very diverse group of people like yeah, diverse, it is. Yeah. All gay yeah. guys who are not all in the in, same. They're business, not all shirtless. And yeah. like, you know, oh, honey, like, you know, it's it's not. Yeah, yeah it's guys like talk, people just like talking and yeah, it's lovely. It's it's really I'm I'm very grateful for it. It's a really good community. Except I should go more. but I don't. Yeah. Well, maybe 2023, your resolution. Maybe 2023, <laughs> your resolution will be to go to gay poker. Get more I've been poker. on. I've been watching a movie every day, and so far, so it's Ugh, great. Boring. Eight days in, it's going great. Boring. What would your aunt say? Uh, Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? For once, I applaud the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> my aunt joanne would say you know sarah silverman was in the school of rock and i'd say oh. yes i know and she'd go mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how about aunt Anne? and Anne would say you know a lot like rivka my ex-husband used to call me a witch but then i realized he was calling me a bitch <laughs> <laughs> part of hearing which you oh. <laughs> i love Aunt Anne. i love aunt joanne and i don't really care much for ramona but um <laughs> what a great episode thank you yes. so much for listening everyone please join our patreon goodbye oh, come on Thank <laughs> you.